When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. And something else weird, I uh, I got some inversion boots and have been hanging upside down. Yeah, I know, because you can't stop sending me pictures. <laughs> I love it. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's episode 60 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is the return of Luke Norsworthy, podcaster, preacher, uh, and uh, all-around smart guy, former pole vaulter. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Lonnie, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm great, Mark. I have noticed a pattern in listening to our shows. Okay. How often do I say the word like? Is it I, I say the point it, where people out there are distracted by it? Because I am extremely distracted by it. I, um, I say it a lot, too, and... I, I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me. Um, okay. So well, there's one. <laughs> everyone that now, if they weren't bothered by it before, is going to be – they're going right. to be extremely bothered by it now because I say that word probably three times on average every sentence. I because say- everything I say, generally speaking, is some sort of you know analogy or yeah. a simile or a metaphor. And so you know it's like this or like this, but I will also use it in valley girl terms like – like so, the other day, like I went to the like grocery store, so I uh, I suck. So I I'm say, sorry for for hurting all of your ears with my with my liking. I say so. like a lot, and I say sort of a lot. You know, it's sort of like uh, sort of uh, what's like sort of that. I don't. Where does that come from? Sort of. I, I don't know. There was something you said the other day, and I couldn't remember. I was like, yeah. Uh, AIDS. Oh, I can't remember what, exactly what it is. I'll remember it at some point. Okay, well, I'll bring it up to make fun of you. Well, this like, yes, like 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 like, 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 sort of. This is the Christmas edition of Indeed. the Simply Human podcast. So, Merry Christmas, Merry... Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy whatever it is. Uh, this, Festivus. This time of year means to you. Yes, and I. Uh, this is coming out on what's the twenty first uh, Sunday. And I have no idea. This is yeah, coming out. Is. Yeah, this. Uh, but this is uh, recording this uh, earlier in the week, and today. I was Santa at my kindergarten daughter's Christmas party. I have a thousand jokes right now to make, but none of them are appropriate for. Well, this and I know, and I know, and it, yes. So, I think I've texted you most of them already. Well, I and I will maybe I can. No, no, they're the same jokes that I texted in relation to our other friend that was sitting on Santa's lap. Yes, to the pictures of that. Yes, just adapt same, them to what yeah. you're doing. So, so I. We, we couldn't find a Santa suit. I went. I just bought one on Amazon just to like who who. Who doesn't need a Santa suit, you know? I do not need a Santa suit at all. <laughs> Many people don't. So I buy this, like, really, you know, cruddy 
cheap Santa costume. It has like this really ratty beard and hair. I'll have to send you a picture of it. So, Did I ever show you the picture of my old dog, uh, Ron? I took him to some sort of like pet festival after I adopted him. And there was a guy, like you can have your dog's picture made with Santa. But underneath Jeez. the chair, the guy's just doing it in like a folding chair. And underneath the chair is the box that says Santa <laughs> suit on it. And uh, you can see in the picture. It's hilarious. I got to find this picture yeah. and uh, put it on the website. It's really, really Find funny. It. And I made I'll, that picture. I'll uh, post a, a picture of myself. Jen took a picture of me uh, right before the, all the kids came in. So this is the, the funny part. Did so, you crap in your pants? Um, yes, but that's not part of the story. <laughs> um, okay, so when my when I was a little kid, about Halen's age, my dad was Santa, and I didn't recognize him except for his ring on his finger. I recognized his college ring, and I was like... <gasps> You know, like that's not Santa; it's my dad. And but that's all—I didn't recognize like his face. Oh or his no, voice. it's Santa! I killed your dad, robbed him, and stole him of his ring. Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas to you me! Better, yeah. yeah, turn around and put your hands on top of your head. There's your wallet. So we're I sound like, like the guy from Movie Phone, by the way. That was that was good. So I, I like take off my watch, my ring. I've, I've, I've put down this thing. The, the whole, you know, I'm gonna be in a rocking chair, and all the kids are gonna take pictures with me, and it's gonna be this whole thing. So. The kids will come walking in from, from lunch, and I'm standing there, and they all gather in. There's parents there. There's this whole big thing. People are taking pictures. People are doing videos. And this little kid, who's a, he's a son of someone that I'm friends with. He's a friend, you know, he's, uh, we were in school with. Uh, you know him, too. Uh, last name, Churchill. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the older one or the younger the one? The older one. Okay. So his youngest son is, like, in Halen's class, and so they all gather around. And in that moment of like before I say ho 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 or you know in that moment of silence this kid yells out you're Halen's dad (laughs) 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 like what do I say to that like I don't and then like it ended up being like for the 30 minutes that I was sitting in the chair basically me like defending that I was Santa and not I promise take a (laughs) DNA swab (laughs) yeah so it was uh it was terrible of course then he says that and I start laughing I get I get tickled I can't laugh and then or I can't talk and so then I'm just sort of like Santa's just up there sort of shaking and not saying anything it was uh it was terrible so there's something wrong with Santa he's just shaking uncontrollably Santa's face is red and he's having a seizure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we oh, have to man. go with the with the uh, explanation to our older one at this point that like okay, he's figured out from a logic standpoint that uh, Santa doesn't come all the way from the North Pole and do like a like a shift at every single mall. Right, he has helpers. So yeah, yeah. he has some guys that he enlists that dress up like him that are his representatives. But uh, the real Santa, he's in the North Pole working hard. Right. Uh, well, but like, I don't think he buys it. I'm man. wearing these like I'm wearing these like boot toppers. You can like you can just like see my dress shoes. You're wearing <laughs> a, you're wearing those stupid Vibram five finger <laughs> shoes. I imagine when you Mark Rogers says he buys a Santa suit, we're not talking like the coat and the pants with the fur trim that like you're talking about uh, like a speedo or something no, or like no. a tank top. It was- Santa, Santa. Well, Santa one, suit on it. One of the little girls was like, "Why are your eyebrows brown?" And I was like, "Whoa, I have a nutrient deficiency." <laughs> I said, "I said something like Santa is sad about how old he looks, so I go to the beauty salon and have my eyebrows colored brown to make me feel younger." Like she wasn't buying it. Um, 
But, oh man, that is funny. Only one, and then like at one point, the kids were sitting on my lap, and it was like taking the the pants out of the boot topper, so you could just like see my knees. <laughs> Santa, your pants smell. Oh, sorry, kids. I wasn't planning on being here all afternoon. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm gonna throw him to die. (laughs) Santa forgot to put on his adult diaper. (laughs) Uh, Your Santa pants smell like a diaper full of Indian food. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I had no idea. I didn't think the Santa talk would, would make me laugh harder than anything we've ever done. Like, like I we're wish in, there was a we're picture. We're both in full oh. on wheeze laugh <laughs> mode, which uh... my, there are tears streaming down my face. Okay, okay. now that's, now that we've I'm wasted, okay. feeling composed. That's man. our that's our Christmas edition of the Simply Human Podcast Santa talk. <laughs> we've ruined the show for yeah. you. Oh man. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's uh, start w- walking towards our interview with Luke. Wait, hang on. We got to talk about uh, very yeah. briefly the reset. Right. The well, human reset. That's what I was saying. Uh, we're we're gonna talk. like start stumbling towards the interview by talking oh, about okay, okay, the reset. Okay. Yeah. So we we sold a few more of the resets, and this is a while supplies last deal. You buy a reset, which is a twenty one day email automation. It's basically resetting your palate, your movement patterns, your sleep habits, and your stress management uh, behaviors. And you get recipes from OurfulPlate.com. You get a t-shirt. You get... Um, oh, we sold one in Ireland, by the way. Um, so I'm sending another shirt to, to overseas. Um, and then, was it uh, to a leprechaun? It, I don't think it was a leprechaun. Um, but it might have been. I don't know. I didn't. That wasn't part on the questionnaire. Are you a leprechaun? Yes or no? Um, and I'm then, sorry. We don't sell to your kind around here, yeah. sir. <laughs> and then for a limited time, you get your choice of either a 28-day supply of the Nutrients Multivitamin, which is like a $50 value, or a bottle of the Skinny Fat, which is an, a combination coconut oil, MCT oil, uh, which you can use for cooking, for salad dressings, for I put it in my coffee. Um, it's I have three bottles. Uh, I have three bottles next to my... like. It lar- like super large bottle of wine uh, next to the oven. It's not just like the regular bottle of wine. It's like the Sam's bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, what I drink. Yeah. The biggest bottle for the cheapest amount. <laughs> right. and, and just so people – these this is a wild supplies last kind of thing. And so if we like run out of like the skinny fat, then you, you don't have a choice. You'll be like, all right, well, uh, we're out of skinny fat. I guess I'll take the vitamins. Right. It's one of those right. kinds of things So or vice versa. So right. uh, if you don't – if you – want one or the other you should probably act rather quickly until we unless we run out of it yeah so. and le- leave us a review on itunes to be entered into the december simply human t-shirt giveaway we're still seeking out person facebook someone puppy there was yes uh, so if, if that look- is you if you're the person who left the review under that goofball name contact us for your free shirt if we don't hear from you by the first show in January of 15, we will redraw, so you will lose your free shirt, and that will probably make you cry. Yes, like I was so. just crying. Um, okay, so um, you can go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher uh, is another place. We were having a discussion oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, if you're not if you're not an iPhone person, yep. you can still do this. Thing. Uh, we still have the nutrient the nutrients and skinny fat coupon code, which is going right now, which is all on the website. If you want to go there, there's a Facebook page. We'd love for you to like us. We're up to over 1,200 likes. Yeah, I think in a couple shows ago, I think I said 2,000. I I just I was thinking two. I was yeah. talking about 1,200, but we are well over 1,200 now. So thank you for all your support. And also, real quick, thank you all of you for all your iTunes reviews. I think that between between the increased number of reviews and a couple of other factors we're starting to peak up in the iTunes uh, health and fitness rankings like we've been in hot, as high as like number 22 which yep. blows our minds uh, it's not consistently that high but uh, we're we're up there and we we've been in the iTunes top 300 for a couple of months now so uh, thank you if you've taken time to give us a review or to tell somebody about the show or you know all that stuff uh, thank you so much for, for doing all that yes and uh, I know coming up on, on in future editions of the Simply Bean Podcast I know John Smith is going to be on next week we're going to have uh, Sean Croxton of Just Eat Real Food is going to be on the show um, I reached out to Ori Hoffmeckler um, that is a fake name <laughs> you know he's an Israeli former special ops guy who never wrote- mind I'm sorry for making fun <laughs> of you sir please don't punch me <laughs> wrote uh, the warrior diet and uh, i would love to have him on because i was talking about the warrior diet when i got hit and run over uh, by a car um so that's a good story we could tell him so um follow us on twitter and instagram at simplyhuman 52 email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com so without further ado here is luke norsworthy who we are actually about to call okay i wanted to start recording all this so so luke i uh have to comment on the uh the Facebook picture and all the comments. Wow. Man, I know it. Man. Are we recording right now? Yeah, yeah. No, we can't be recording this. Why? Okay, so... <laughs> it's because you're beautiful, Luke. I don't know what to tell you. You're yeah. like the most beautiful non-actor I've ever seen. He was, an Ab- he was a real-life Abercrombie ah, model. That's funny, that's funny. Right, Yeah, it's you? real awkward. I, I haven't changed my profile picture in over three years. I have a daughter who's six in the picture on my profile up until now. She's like two years old. So I changed it last Friday night and I hit the like hide from my timeline so people can't see I switched it. But I guess there's you have to hide it from a news feed as well. Oh. I didn't know that. I know you so could do that. Because so, there were like a billion comments of people like uh, – it, it was basically gir- – it was two sets of comments. Girls saying like, oh, you look so cute. You're so handsome. And then guys just basically blowing you up and hating on you like, yeah, you look so handsome. Yeah. But like well, you can't yeah. tell sarcasm on the internet. So like it's just a bunch of comments saying how handsome you look. But you can tell the well, guys are just and, all basically just cracking on you. Well, and poor, right. and poor Luke. It's like he, he's just – it's a picture of him. It wasn't like uh, he didn't know, go do glamour shots. shots. <laughs> yeah, in so he crops a picture, puts a picture of himself on, and then all the ugly guys in the world are like, "You're so." So that's basically what happened there. Yeah, so that's like you, you have yeah. Luke's picture of him looking super, you know, very charming and very attractive, and then you have the picture that I put on there a few weeks ago of like me when I grew my mustache out a few years ago, <laughs> looking super creepy. My Skype picture now, and yeah. uh, so that's the dichotomy of like. Yeah. I'm a monster. Don't look at me. What have I become? <laughs> wow. All right. Well, Luke, uh, welcome we'll, in. We'll use your picture on our website. As, hey, this is Mark and Rick. And just put it two, like, <laughs> hey, if they're twin brothers, clone them, put them next to each other. Well, hey, wow. is this is this a rumor or, or like did I, and we'll we'll move on after you answer this question. Did, did you, in fact, do some modeling in your younger days? Okay. L- let me, <laughs> let me establish what happened. Okay. So I get a phone call or two from someone supposedly from 
Abercrombie and Fitch, which I don't not whatever. familiar with that. No. And so I'm a sophomore in college. I just transferred to ACU. And so this rumor goes around that I'm an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Oh, okay. Now, I'm 19. I, right, no, of, I, I was 18. I started college early. Of course you're so going to play 18. along. Yeah. <laughs> and people are saying that I'm an Abercrombie model. I'm single. I'm ready to mingle. There's no way in the world I'm going to go out and say, well, let me clarify. I'm technically not an Abercrombie model when I'm getting a lot of love from the ladies because right. of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that's – and ACU is so – if, for people out there who most of you who didn't go to ACU it's so very high school when you have someone like new that transfers in mm-hmm. like it's like that way it's very high schooly like oh there's the new guy it's, oh, man I heard he was a CIA agent like all just kinds of craziness so it's that's, like uh, when a new restaurant opens in Abilene and you yeah. can't go there for like six months because yeah. the line is always out the door yeah now, now I'll be honest if it was a rumor that I was a Kmart model I would have dispelled that very quickly right right Kmart well I <laughs> no, I've never even seen that story. No. Yeah, All right. That's... Well, this is cl- glad we cleared the air there, um, and the air around me is not clear for the record. Um, it never is. Okay. It always smells terrible. <laughs> so, Luke, we had a um, textual discussion um, about Christmas stuff and contemplative yeah. meditation, and this is the Christmas edition. It's, go- it's coming out on the uh, the 21st, the Sunday before Christmas, so this is Christmas. the Christmas edition. So let's talk about Christmas and stress management and some new things that you've been uh, reading about and researching. Yeah, well, okay, let's talk about Christmas. So they're going to be listening to this a uh, week and a half from now, and what's going to happen, they're going to do Christmas, seven days is going to roll around, and it's going to be New Year's Day. And what's going to happen in your world, you're going to have a ton of people who are going to listen to your stuff and say, I need to figure out how to lose some weight. Right. And my dad's a psychologist. And so this time of year, right after the holidays, he's going to get a ton more people who are going to come to see him because somehow the holidays bring up a bunch of junk. And I think, you know, one of the things that you find is the language that we use around the holiday season is very problematic. Like w- when someone asks you, hey, Mark, what do you want for, what do you want for Christmas? You'll find yourself saying something like, well... I need a new pair of straps that let me hang upside down ah! in the garage and look like a freak. I was gonna so, say I was gonna I was gonna say inversion boots. It's exactly I'm inversion boots, everyone. But you use the word like I need. And do right. you really honestly need that? No. I mean you're hanging upside down yes. like a bat. I know you've always had a thing for Michael Keaton. You've loved Batman, so you want that. But you need. No. The word right. need always gets you in trouble because when you start talking about need instead of want. You're playing a losing game. Right. Yeah, and, I like that. And, um, okay, so there's a... Um, I want to keep talking. Please, I, please do. I'm not interviewing you. I'm being interviewed, so I get to talk this time. So there was a PBS documentary that came out uh, a while back, and it came back in the news because a few... I guess it was a few years ago, maybe months ago, there was that kid, uh, a 16-year-old kid from Dallas-Fort Worth. He was driving his truck. He had two friends in the back of it. And he's driving with a blood alcohol content of like 0.24. Now, Rick, I'm no police officer, but I'm pretty sure that's over the limit, right? That is wasted. That is super duper duper wasted. And when you're 16 and you're that wasted, it's even more damaging, okay? And so he goes on the side of the road and he ends up killing four people who are standing on the side of the road. I think one of them was like a youth pastor fixing someone's tire. Yeah, a a girl that had a flat tire, and uh, she was off on the side of the road, and a youth pastor uh, just happened to, not her youth pastor, just a random youth pastor, happened to see it, stopped on the side of the road to help, and so you've got four people basically trying to change a tire on the side of a road when this kid plows into him and kills all of them. 
Yeah. And so do you remember what the defense psychologist said was the reason why this kid had made this terrible decision? He called it uh, that the kid had affluenza. And exactly. that's what's going to be what everyone – I would bet even people in other countries who aren't uh, listening in America, I guarantee that they at least saw something like this on the news about this crazy story because it was all over nationwide news. Affluenza as a defense for yep. uh, uh, rationalizing why this kid was able to make the mistake that he did. Yeah, and so PBS was the one who came up with that, that title. And to be fair to the defense psychologist, he sensed that. I really wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I would have just said, you know, he's a spoiled brat or whatever, but he's regretted using that word. And the judge says it wasn't because of that phrase, but who cares about the actual facts of the case? That is a really riveting storyline, so we're going to roll with that. But yes. that word comes from PBS, and they did a special on it, and I think they turned it into a book. And they talked about affluenza, that it's this painful, socially contracted condition uh, that's marked by you know debt and anxiety and worry that's the result of this dogged pursuit of more and so like affluenza in a lot of ways that really does typify like america but also like christmas that's a time in which that kind of stuff really gets rampant where people are always talking about what i need i need more i need more i need more right, right. and so like um are you guys fans of louis ck oh big yes. fans yes i okay. am well, then obviously you're my favorite person I'm talking to you right now. Oh, um, I mean, that was already true. But he's hey. got this, <laughs> Sorry, Mark. He's got this great line. <clears throat> he says, I don't stop eating food when I'm full. I stop eating when I hate myself. <laughs> right? <laughs> how, how great is that? So, like, the, that's just like dog. Like, we always need more and more and more. And so we eventually start to have this assumption that what's preventing us from being happy is our inability to get more. Right? right. And so... But but that doesn't ever work, does it? Like it's like that's never really the issue that we can't get enough. Because really, what prevents us from from being happy is not like our wallet because we can't buy enough stuff. It's our brain. Like uh, Jonathan Haidt, he's a uh, University of Virginia psychologist. I, did you try to get him on the podcast? Yes, I thought you, he yeah. actually he did reach back out to me and said that he was not doing interviews at this time. But I bought his book, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's got Pursuit of Happiness. He's got uh, The Righteous Mind. He's got a third book that's coming out soon. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, okay. So Way to read book- books, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that up. hurts my feelings. That hurts. My- <laughs> I feel like I just come on this podcast, you make fun of the way I look, then you make fun oh, of no, how no, I no. read. We're we're not making fun of the way you look. We are jealous that we don't look as yeah, good as you. Yeah, we feel bad that we're not as good as you. Yeah. So but, we, but I, that's you, how I strike out at people. Yeah. But <laughs> but you are making fun of me that I like to. Read. Okay, but in his book, he talks about this thing called the adaptation principle. Let me give you an example. So say you get a raise at work. And so now you are in that great class of people who can afford a jet ski and to go on a Hawaiian vacation. Done. And so like you finally got that. That is like the apex of life is being able to have a, a sea-do and go to Hawaii. Now, you go to Hawaii, you have your jet ski, you come back home, things are perfect. But eventually, you start wanting more. And you never go and you write, well, you know what? I do have those pictures on Instagram from my trip to Hawaii. And yes, I do have that sea-do parked out in my driveway. No, it just becomes a new normal to you. And so your brain is always adapting because happiness really, at the heart of it, is about drive reduction. Like, I want something, I want something, and once I get it, that drive is reduced, and so that's the byproduct that we call happiness. Hmm. Is, that, is that basically the same principle that, and this is, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to make a joke here, it's just the, uh, was it Ted Bundy or one of those guys, the Jeffrey Dahmer 
that uh yeah sorry not I like really where this is going not way really. to bring it down way to bring the yeah. room down so so like jeffrey Dahmer started out like looking at like playboy and then that got to be where he that didn't you know it, excite him and then he ends up you know killing people and cutting their heads off and putting them in their so rather quick escalation but yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think i know what you're talking about he started like uh it would it, it, it each time he tried to stimulate himself, like uh, I don't mean that, that but like no, you uh, right, yeah. you know, visually, like something wears off. It, it's it's well, it's like alcohol tolerance or, or any kind of substance tolerance. Yeah. Uh, the first time you get drunk, you probably drink like two beers and you're wasted. And the next mm-hmm. time it's two and a half, and the next time it's three, and the next time it's four. And then you get to the point where you have built up such a tolerance, and every time you have to do more and more and more to get the same feeling over and over again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Plato's got this line that we are all crack jars. And no matter how much you pour into us, it won't fill us up. But at first, yes, like you get this, the buzz initially from, from moving up. And I think, you know, Height would say, yeah, at first, like lottery winners or paraplegics, they will have substantially different levels of happiness. But he's going to make the argument that research has shown a year after both of those situations have happened, someone wins the lottery or someone becomes a paraplegic, their happiness, happiness levels after a year kind of regress back to norm. And they're about the same as they were before both those situations happened. And so, that's like, a very, that's a very interesting observation, by the way. I'm very yeah. intrigued by this. Yeah. I know it doesn't make sense to me. You'd well, think- and I, I look back at like you know I'm you know a grown man. I've got two kids, and I remember when I was just getting out of college, I just said to myself, you know, if I can get a job just making X amount of money, I'll be happy. And I remember thinking that specific thing. Not I'll be comfortable. I'll be. I've been. I remember saying, if I make this amount of money, I'll be happy. Well, then that became uh, this amount of money. Then that became slightly more, slightly more. I make a lot, you know, because I've progressed in my career. I make a ton more now than the idea of when I was 22, when I was like, if I can make X amount of money, I make like five times that now. And it doesn't make me any happier. Because of our kids. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, true. But you know what I'm saying? Like, here I am thinking, you know, if I can just get this, I'll be happy. And I'm chasing after this. But then you just have to keep chasing something else and keep chasing something else. It's a yeah. carrot on the stick in front of you that you can never really quite grasp, I guess. Yeah, exactly. There's There's been research that shows that once you get over, like, I think they've actually said in the 70s, like 75 or low 70s, the, the improvement and quality of life really does not increase that much. Like once you get to that level in like a, you know, middle class American, you know, community, wherever you are, that, you know, once you get there more money on top of that really does not give you that much of a return on it. Hmm. And so you eventually become like accustomed to it. And so I, I think ultimately the heart of it is y- you can't strive to get more stuff. It's got to be not like the ideal object you're going to get, but like an ideal temperament. That's ultimately the issue. Like there's a story in the New York Times about uh, Stephen Hawking, which, you know, you know the story of him. Yes. Early 20s, comes down with the motor neuron disease. And th- uh, there's a movie coming out. Yes, right it looks amazing. Christmas, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be. I cannot wait to see it. By the way. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Well, obviously he's accomplished so much and he's done so much. But one of the most impressive things about him isn't that he has like the best selling science book of all time or the awards he's won, but his attitude throughout all of this. You know, most people would look at that and go, "Well, how can you be positive when you're going through such a you know a real crappy hand that was dealt?" 
And he was interviewed by the New York Times, and he answers the question this way. He goes, when I was 21, my no, expectation... It, it was, when I was 21. Stop it. Wow. What is the matter with you? Wow. Hey, Mark, I hear hell is lovely this time of year. <laughs> You're really going to enjoy it. I can't believe that wasn't me that made that tasteless <laughs> joke, by the way. And I'm the one who's allowed to be like... I'm sorry. Very, I thought... In my ivory tower. I thought I could say that after I, I spoke so highly of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of cancels out. Yeah. One awful comment equals one beautiful... Okay, yeah, whatever. Sorry, when I was um, 21. Sorry. So his... his, his <laughs> God, how do I continue after that? His line was, at the age of 21, my expectations got reduced to zero. And so everything Ooh, since yeah. then has been just a bonus. Right. And I think that's like the heart. Like once you have no expectations of anything, then you can receive everything as a gift. Hmm. Yeah, so how, now how do we do that? Like what are some ways that we can... Uh, you know, is that just like something that you just have to decide? Are there steps you can take to kind of get you to that point where you? I love you know, it's it's a very stoic um, sort of uh, mindset too. It's like uh, not being tied to stuff. Um, it's this idea that you know, if your house was burning down, you know, what would you take out of it? And now, like, and it, it, almost like where you get to the point where it's like, as long as your family's safe, I wouldn't grab anything. Even if I had a few seconds, I would just walk out. And like, stuff doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I kind of like to get to that point. I don't think I'm there, but uh, is there benefit in having that kind of a attitude? Yeah, I, I think you're. I do think you can trace this back to the Stoics. I think there's one Stoic philosopher who made the line that, you know, don't will for life to go the way you want it to. Will for life to go the way that it does. And you'll be happy. Like you, you don't try to change. Just accept it for what it is. Um, obviously, I think there's substantial uh, benefits for this. You know, I think we find like this endless pursuit of more. That's that's killing us. There's a a Jewish psychologist named Viktor Frankl who is. Oh yeah, uh, it, a man's search for meaning. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, the Holocaust uh, was you know right at the kind of like the beginning of his career and he's got this choice that he can go and flee uh the country but instead he decides to stay with his parents and oh it's just a, a amazing stuff and man search for meeting he wrote like in nine days after the holocaust and it's obviously a super famous book but he's got this great line that it's our pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness like the way that we chase after happiness is really what prevents us from getting it and um oh. uh, or another great philosopher, Don Draper, who says happiness is the feeling that you have just before you need more happiness. And so, like, once you, you live out of this, like, entitled attitude, like, I need more, I need more, I need more, you're screwed. But once you can just be thankful for what you have and see everything as a gift, life is so different. I, I've got a, a friend of mine who's, um, uh, he and his wife are involved in our church. His wife's uh, one of our elders, very involved. And uh, when he was my age, early 30s, uh, he was diagnosed with MS. And he was, uh, in the beginning of his medical uh, career, he's a doctor, and he knows, he's a doctor, he knows what's going to happen to his life. And so now, you know, fast forward 20 years, he's got two kids, both of them, are in, or one of them's uh, in residency, one's just about to go to medical school, and he's confined to uh, a wheelchair. Can't use his arms, can't use his legs. Um, just has a, a a lot in life that everyone would go, man, that is just awful. Like I don't know how you survive in life. And two uh, two weeks ago, uh, after church, he comes up to me and he go or he motions me over. I walk over to him and he says, you know, Luke, I I think about uh, everything, and, and sometimes I just think to myself. At least I'm not stuck at Disney World right now. Oh man! And you go through that. That like that's the kind of stuff where I go. I I eventually want to get there. Right. 
I don't think you can just say, like, it's not just a, a, a choice you make right. and all of a sudden a, a, a switch is flipped. I think it's like this choice that you just daily make and eventually you're progressing and getting closer to it. But yeah. Yeah, so like, what? How? Let's tie that into like the Christmas season. I think this is uh, speaking of affluenza. This is sort of like, you know, Christmas in in the commercial uh, mindset yeah, has yeah. gone from this. You know, we're celebrating you know Christ's birth to how like presents, yeah, and getting stuff. And you know, one of the things that we try to instill with our kids is that Christmas needs to be more about giving than getting. And so, like, let's let's talk about, like, in your experience or what you know about, like, giving stuff, sacrificing things, um, h- how can that help uh, sort yeah. of your overall psyche? Okay, there's this uh, psychologist named Carl Jung who talks about the two halves of life. Okay, so you have the first half of life, and it's kind of like, you know, you, you gather yourself, and it's like you are filling this container. And it's important to do that. You, you need to feel special. You need to feel loved. Uh, Brene Brown who's a sociologist down at the University of Houston, a researcher down there. And she says, you know, one of the most important things to living a courageous, vulnerable, uh, wholehearted life is the ability to, to believe that you are worthy of being loved and like you deserve love. And so like, that's the first half of life thing is that you, you're the person who everyone circles around at Christmas time and watches you open your presents. It's what we do with our kids. Like we celebrate what they do, but like the second half of life, the second half of life spirituality is ultimately about letting go right? And so, like, if you're an adult and everyone circles around you on Christmas morning, like, oh my goodness, he got some boxer briefs. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be so cute in them. Like, that's really awkward. Like, that's weird. What are those boots with hooks on them? That's kind of weird. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're for know. weirdos, son. <laughs> well, if they're the boots with the fur, that's a whole different story, because we do like that. Yes. Um, but, like, this second half of life, it's, it's about letting go. And, like... What do you mean by letting go? Well, I- I'm chilling some of the... Um, the stuff that Richard Rohr, he's a, a priest. He's been on my podcast. One of my, like my favorite guests I've ever had. He's, he's awesome. I think he's going to be on, uh, on Oprah in like a couple weeks in January or something. Who's Oprah? I don't know who that is. Uh, you don't know. Anyway, Richard Rohr's a, a, an amazing guy, but he has this line that like all spirituality is about letting go. And so like the second half of life, you know, it, sometimes we feel like we're winning because in the first half of life, we feel like we're fighting the devil whatever that means to you. But the second half of life, we always lose because ultimately we're fighting God. And so like this, this process of, of letting go of what you hold on to, and letting go of life, letting go of your values, letting go of what gives you significance and learning to be at peace with all that, I think like that's really like the heart of what spiritual maturity is. Well, let's th- think about it this way too. This is a more physical uh, sort of manifestation of that, but like letting go of your kids, Letting, you know, because they, every, you know, like I, I sort of discovered now that I have, I have small children, uh, the kids, there's just like one like episode of them leaving you after another, like no every kidding, little yeah. phase that they go through and they graduate kindergarten and then they're in, you know, then they'll be driving and before we know it, they're going to be adults. And, you know, I get very sad thinking about my daughters, like having, you know, getting Ugh. married someday. You know, Luke has three daughters. Um, I have two. Rick has none. <laughs> um, Lucky me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't so, wait for my guys to get out of the house. But, but you know, like a countdown yeah. clock. Get out of here. Good job. <laughs> when you're 18, you're out the door. Well, this um, is really seriously like, like you're blowing my mind a little bit, but I, I, I'm, I'm totally on the same wavelength that you're thinking. Mm. Letting go is almost more like enjoying where you are and like living in the moment. I know that sounds very like hollow and very new agey, but no, not it's... trying to like climb a ladder and get to somewhere and get to this and get to that and get to this. It's more like just 
being still and saying, hey, this is where I am now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that's new age. I think that's, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, don't worry, let tomorrow worry about itself. Um, you know, there's a psalm, uh, you know, from the, the Jewish uh, songbook called Psalms, you know, I think Psalm 46, you know, be still, know that I am God. And so this isn't just, I mean, it's it's in a lot of religious traditions, the, uh, the ability just to be still, to be present where you are. But like, this is the difference in happiness and like meaning. And if we can go back to like Viktor Frankl, like, so when we talk about happiness, that's about drive reduction. But ultimately, meaning is about self-reduction. So like, uh, he's got this line about being human always points to someone or something else. Like that's really what it means. And so when, you know, Viktor Frankl is given the opportunity to, to continue his very successful, you know, career in the medical field over in the States or stay with his parents during the Holocaust, he chooses to be with his parents because ultimately life is about the meaning that you have is really about giving yourself away. And so that's like the counterintuitive thing about being a parent. Like you talked about, I, we all small kids. When my daughter, my oldest daughter is in, in kindergarten now. And like the very first day she goes off to school, it's t- like, it was awful. Yeah. Like I, I, I wanted to sit on a bench and just like, listen to that Taylor Swift song. Don't ever grow up. Don't shake, ever grow shake up. Shake it you know? off. Shake it off. That one. Well, no, I do no. listen to that song yeah. as well, but that's, <laughs> I don't even song. know who Taylor Swift is. Cause yeah. I'm so cool. Yeah. So shut up. Shut up. Oh, dad, of, dad of sons. Nerds. Yeah, 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 Why don't you guys go watch Frozen? Yeah, no, I am right now. It's on the back. It's in the background. Whatever. I've got it memorized. Yeah. I've got it memorized. <laughs> but like that—that's part of life. Is ultimately, it's about letting go. And uh, there's another guy named uh, Ronald Rollheiser, who's another priest who talks about like he has three stages of life. But you know, his end of life phase is ultimately about like you have to let go of your life because this is not—it's not forever. And a lot of you know, the religion I'm a part of, Christianity, focuses on on heaven and the afterlife, which I don't debate that it's there. I don't debate that it's, you know, part of the the point, part of the story. But Jesus didn't spend his whole, a lot of his time talking about it. When he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, he was talking about something here and now. Right. And in a lot of ways, our focus on eternity and something after this diminishes the value and the significance of right here and right now. And if you realize life is only a short period then it has more meaning. Like this is the, the the problem with the Greek gods. Like they were striving to be human because eternity for them was a torment. Like if I was, if I was always going to be in this conversation with you guys, which I'm enjoying right now, it's a lot of fun. But if I had to talk to you for eternity, I could do this forever. We would hate each other. But the beauty of it is that it's temporary. It's transient. It doesn't last forever. And once you can just accept that, then you can find even more meaning in what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And then, you know, and it's also kind of all goes back to that, uh, you know, you you hear, you see it on like a, uh, a frame in like a bookstore or something. But, you know, what, what, what are you going to be like when you're on your deathbed? Like, what do you want people to, who do you want to be around you? What what are you going to be asking for to see, or who do, who you want to see? It's not going to be all your stuff. It's not going to be all the stuff that we were seeking. It's going to be our relationships and like, uh, you know, our our family and our friends, and 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 that's what we should invest our time in now instead yeah. of just running this, this running this race that's really going nowhere. So yeah. well, and I, I I couldn't quote you what book it's from because I don't read books because I'm not an egghead a nerd professor like you guys. But uh, <laughs> you know, someone was making a case that you know it's possible, like at least in his view, how he sees it, that heaven and hell could be. Um, 
like their own in their own realm on Earth. Like uh, the, the the benefit of treating people well and living a good life isn't so you'll go to this metaphorical heaven paradise. It's so that you're building your own paradise on Earth. But if you treat people like crap and you're a bad person and you screw people over, then you're building your own hell in which you have to live in. It's a prison within our own lifetime something along those lines i don't know maybe i'm yeah. i'm sounding very like far out man but you're really you know you, you're hitting on some things that i've been thinking a ton about lately especially yeah. I'm, I'm not i don't like christmas generally speaking because it makes me uncomfortable like kind of like you said i don't like to get presents and i don't like the uh the materialistic way that we approach uh the holidays whatever you know if it's hanukkah or if it's uh if it's christmas around this time of year it, it makes me uncomfortable or festivus so, yeah or yeah, we mentioned that earlier we, but we, like uh you know it makes me uncomfortable because yeah. i think we've taken focus away from what it should be meaning you no know, no matter what your you know your religious tradition you may not be religious at all this may be a family holiday well it should be about giving and it should be about being near your the people that you that you care about and and having that kind of quality time so that's maybe why i'm, I'm kind of so drawn in by this and my mouth has been my jaw has been open this whole time because i'm just like you're punching me in the face with knowledge here well if it, it, i wow. know you're not an egghead book nerd but man's search for meaning is a short book and it would change your life um luke final thoughts give us some give us some more mind-blowing gems that you've been dropping on us for the last 30 minutes mm. Okay, let me talk. I want to talk about your podcast for a second, and uh, then I'm going to come back and we're going to wrap this up. Oh, okay, great. here we go. I'm going to transition this. Okay. So you had K Star on a while ago, yes. and I just want to say that was a, that was very exciting. It was. Were you pretty pumped to have him on? I was. I was very excited. I, I couldn't believe that we. Uh, he's one that I wish I'd booked it for an hour, and not for thirty minutes. But yeah, but when you were cutting him off, uh, I've got a four minute. People expect thirty minutes. I was going, Mark, just do an hour with him. We would all be happy to have an hour with him. Oh, I know. I should have kept. See, I told I him. Have- 30 minutes, so like I didn't want to like say, oh, but get yeah. him and then like trick him into an extra 30 minutes. Yeah, gotcha. Good okay, but I went out and I got uh, Supple Leopard after that. Oh, sweet. And and so I, I started working that stuff every day, and I had had some serious issue like with the you know, glute hamstring thing. It was really messing up my squats. wasn't able to do it. I do that for a month, and I'm squatting again. I'm sweet. like, wow, this is great. And so thank you for that. Yeah, very excited yes. for you to get that interview, thank and it was you. very helpful for me. Very, oh, well, thank so, you very much. Okay, so I, I love your show. You guys are doing great stuff. And let me, let's, what am I supposed to do now? Wrap up? It's like a final thought. Do you have any, anything that you d- didn't get to say that you wanted to say that you've this been particular, particularly poignant in your uh, in your mind for the last, you know, a few, few weeks or something? Yeah, no, I would just say be present, you know, in the moment. And, you know, you can't, you know, give gifts. You can't give anything unless you receive them first. And so you learn to be at peace with who you are, accept who you are. You like your good stuff about yourself, your crappy things about yourself. That's all part of who you are and be at peace with that so that you can be at peace with others. There's this great line that Roar has about if we don't transform our pain, we will just transmit it. And so if you learn to be at peace with who you are, then you can be at peace with others. If you, if you don't, then you're just going to transmit the junk you have to others. And so I feel like that's like where everything starts from. I think anyone listening is like thinking of either themselves or like a family member that they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this is something that applies to everybody. We all have like, you know, weird issues around this time because it's family and it's all, you know, all these people that we don't talk, sending out Christmas cards and all this crap. Like we we all have issues. (laughs) So this is, you know, super, super, you know, very 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. Very poignant, very uh, applicable for this time of year for all of us. Sweet. And you know, that- I know what you're trying to say, and I love you too. Hey, Boom. thanks, buddy. And by the way, uh, while we're saying nice things about each other's show, I really like your show. I still have some episodes to get caught up on, uh, but I, your show is very, very, very super interesting. I think I sent you a Facebook message about how yeah, yeah. you know how I enjoy that. So keep doing what you're doing and chase Thank that you. money. Thank you. Money, money, players. F those bees and get money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow! Time. All right. Well, all right. That's uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Luke, hang out for a second, and uh, I'm gonna stop the recording. But thanks again for being on. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. All right. Thank you, Luke, and uh, we'll have links to all Luke's stuff in the show notes. You can also listen to his podcast, Newsworthy with Norsworthy. This is a tongue twister. Um, so <laughs> well, Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Or you can Norsworthy. find him at Luke.org. Yeah, Luke, <laughs> Luke.com. Uh, Luke.com org. Okay. Um, we are going to go straight into the humans being human uh, section. And just uh, kind of like we did, it was either last week or a couple weeks ago, where oh, it was last week where we had on Ted the Nurse. This was just don't really know much about the uh, you know this story or Lonnie isn't like a, a previous friend of ours he we, we have become friends or Rick and Lonnie have have kind of uh, exchanged uh, pleasantries on Facebook if you will uh, not not private messages I, I'm assuming <laughs> uh, back and forth yes, but, not those guys messages but Lonnie welcome to the uh, simply human podcast thank you I'm I'm pleased to be here it's, I, I can't believe I'm telling this story on a on a podcast, but that's okay. Only three or four people will hear it anyway. Yeah, that, I said the exact same thing when I shared the story about how I took a dump in that guy's closet. I was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. Literally anything for entertainment. Yes. Okay, so I'll set it up uh, just real briefly, and I'll let you kind of – I'll hand the ball off to you, Lonnie, and let you run it in the end zone. Uh, you sent me an email about a, a funny story when you had a vasectomy, which immediately perks my ears up because uh, – Man, uh, vasectomy humor talk has got to be a pretty, uh, pretty fun subject. So I'll let you go ahead and go and get started. Set us up. Yeah, I thought that would get your attention. <laughs> yeah, and, and most guys will tell you how painful it was in uh, horror stories. But I, um, like I told you, I, I'm probably less than 0.1% of the guys that didn't get the, the volume shot. Uh, I, I go in to get, you know, they go through whoa, all. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, me, let me interrupt you there. Look, look <laughs> you, you had your you had a vasectomy with no drugs put into your. Well, I was numbed locally, but uh, my my brain was fully intact. Oh if you will. wow! They just like rubbed any... ice all over it, or what? <laughs> no, they injected. Um, I don't know what. I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. Um, that may was... be problem number one of uh, having the question free vasectomy. I don't. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Well, they ask you a lot of questions. Are you sure that you don't need any more kids? And I'm like, no, don't want to go there. It's, you know, here we are. So uh, this so, wasn't yeah. in like a guy's van or anything, was it? No, it wasn't okay. in my garage. We didn't, you know, just decide one day after a 12 pack or something. To, <laughs> hey, let's. A guy named off. a guy named Rooster like uh, comes up with a soldering iron. He's like, you ready to do this or what? <laughs> He's wearing an apron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. continue. So you, 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 is the Valium shot just basically just to like, hey man, we're gonna be messing around like uh, below the equator, so it'll kind of take the edge off of some of this anxiety. Is that basically because I have, I'm, I need to have one. Because I've had more than enough children, <laughs> but I just haven't. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't cross that bridge at this point in my life. Is that basically what that's for? The Valium? Yeah, it just makes it so you don't care that you're laying out like a frog on a science table. 
Yeah, okay, um, that's good. Because uh, men don't normally have stirrups involved when they go see a doctor, so we're not really used to that. So, um, so this, Speak for this rather attractive nurse comes in. She has this shot, and I said, hey, what is this shot for, by the way? Uh, she's like, oh, just, just so you don't... Uh, being so so that you're not embarrassed when we're you know going to work on you i'm like well i don't really need that she's like, take a look sure? at lady what should i be embarrassed about Take <laughs> the gown off Ka-thunk. Ka-thunk. <laughs> yeah pretty much and she's like asked me like five six seven times are you sure because uh this is a sensitive area most men are embarrassed and and i'm like hey that's what i straight up told her i'm like it's not like me and john are in my garage deciding to you know get out the soldering iron and blow torches and and side cutters you know this is what you do <laughs> this is what i want yeah it's an uncomfortable experience but hey you know i'm a big boy i'm i'll get over it and um so she said okay are you sure and i'm like i'm positive i don't need it so she walks out of the room and i literally hear as every nurse in the office sees that she's still holding the full syringe i hear her one by one about six times he didn't want the shot. What? He didn't want <laughs> oh, the shot. Man. That and number one each... has to be a very disconcerting thing to hear all the nurses like just completely incredulous. But on the other hand, you have to be like, Haha, yeah, I'm gonna show them ladies what's up. I don't Yeah, I was shot. like what's up? Call me. At, at first I was like, Man, this is pretty cool. And then I start sitting there thinking, Oh man, what 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 in the hell am I getting myself into here? <laughs> and then one by one, as other nurses were milling about, I kept hearing, He didn't want the shot? Nope, he didn't want the shot. He he's going in without him, and so so several minutes go by, and I will tell you, Rick, um, they told me to shave myself, <laughs> or they would do it for me, and they said that could be quite embarrassing for some men when they're getting a shave job by somebody. Because I would need like a weed whacker to like sort through everything uh, that mess down there. Well, yes, and what they don't tell you is. I went in, I'm a r- rather hairy guy, and I, uh, I go I'm in looking like a 12-year-old boy that hasn't had his sack drop yet. <laughs> and it's cold. And it's cold. Oh, yeah, it's always cold. And yeah, yeah, your, your office is uh, very, it's a below normal temperature, just FYI. Uh, so, yeah. I was in the pool. <laughs> I swear, I swear it's better than this. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I take the full hedge down to uh, nothing, uh, hit, hit every hedge. square inch of uh, the underwear area, basically, and I walk it's, in. And I've like, never a, it, like in a Dave Chappelle bit, he said, like, uh, I heard of trimming the hedges, but you done scorched the earth. <laughs> so you scorched yeah. the earth. You took I scorched the, the earth. I had some, oh. pale, some pale skin showing that it had never seen daylight ever. <laughs> So, yeah, we go in the room, and, and uh, I literally, they say, okay, hop up and put your feet up here. And and um, so I'm sitting there, and, and it, this was a rather attractive nurse. I'll never forget her name. Um, but she starts tugging. She literally flops Mr. Man over to one side, and the doctor gives me an injection. She moves him over to the other side. I get another injection. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I hope I don't get a because that, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hey, Tom, and then you uh, hear you, you got to stop moving around quite so much. Uh, just FYI, just uh, yeah, slow down just a bit. Slow down this back and forth hand motion because that that's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, can you guys talk about baseball or something? Uh... <laughs> so, so this nurse, she never bothers to introduce herself to me because I'm looking back, assuming that she's used to guys just kind of being loopy, you know, laying there out of their mind. 
And she never bothers to say, hey, by the way, I'm Lisa. I'll be the one taking Lisa. care of you today. So I'm laying there. My feet are up in the stirrups. I look like I'm giving birth to a baby. And um, she, uh, yeah, I'm like, so, Nurse, you seem to know me really well now. What, uh, what's your name? And so, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Lisa. And, and uh, before too long, yeah, the, the, I mean, the doctor's cracking up. And, and I even asked him, I said, uh, should you be laughing? And, and he's like, oh, he's like no, your penis that. is just so small. <laughs> he's like, I do this no problem with my eyes closed. I'm like, well, please keep them open. Uh, the laughing during the vasectomy has to be probably the most uncomfortable laughing of all time. Like, hey, whoa, whoa, what's uh, why you keep your eyes in the road, there, pops? Well, he was even like, yeah, most guys aren't usually coherent. They just kind of lay there and they're just petrified. And and uh, I'm like, well, <laughs> hey. Petrified. This is what you do. This is what I'm here for. It was a Friday to, Friday morning, and uh, so yeah. Before too long, me and the doctor were cutting up, listening to Bob and Tom and whatever. Cutting they're... up, yikes! Yeah. yeah, he certainly was cutting. <laughs> <up>. Zing. <laughs> and the doctor even tells me, he "Goes, man, most people are just—they're not even talking. They're just petrified." And I'm like, "Hey, you know, hey, I'm—I'm I'm a big boy. What can I say?" And uh, so yeah. <sighs> As he's working, as he's doing his magic down there, uh, I start feeling, I start feeling some pull. I start feeling something. I said, "Should I be feeling anything?" And he's like, uh, "No." And I said, well, "I think I need a little more shot there, doctor." And so he numbs up, uh, numbs up one side a little bit more, and and uh, lo and behold, that's pretty much it. I, I I drove home, or actually, I got a ride from my wife. Pain never kicked in. I drove myself around town. We rented a bunch of movies waiting for the pain to set in. Never happened. No big deal. It was kind of hard to explain to my eight-year-old daughter uh, why dad's laying on the couch with peas on his sack. But uh, <laughs> And then she wanted to see my owie. That's I'm not like, like a normal Tuesday? I don't uh... <laughs> No, no, not a normal Tuesday. She, well, maybe she, not around your house, I guess. Yeah, yeah maybe Mark's. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, and, and then my daughters, they kept wanting to see my owie, and I'm like, uh, uh, no, yeah. that, no, 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 well, no. I can't wait for mom to my, see it. My hey, criminal trial. <laughs> that reminds me, the recovery of part of that reminds me, there's a friend of mine who was in his residency, he's a surgeon, and all his friends are, are like in residency as surgeons. Well, he has some type of like a cyst. It was a non-benign, totally harmless like thing in his scrotum. And got it taken out. Well, he they were like, you know, you take a week off. Well, he just like went right back at it like the next day. And he was playing basketball. Oh, and, uh, it, and his no. and his stitches came out, and this uh. fluid just started like pouring out all over like the floor, good everywhere. Lord. So that he didn't go back to the doctor because it was like on a Saturday morning. He what and, the hell is the matter listen, with this guy? He and his buddies like went and he sutured it back up himself. Uh, uh. Wow. Anyway, yeah. Was, and it, well, was it the most interesting man in the world guy? Was that who your um, friend was? You, because... I don't know if you've ever met him, but uh, he is he has uh, been mentioned on this podcast before. And then I can imagine my vasectomy would go a little something like this. Uh, you, this is what I would hear. Okay, the doctor like puts on his uh, little... nurse. We need a microscope what? in here, please. Dang it! The world's tiniest. Hey, come on! Uh, you ruined my <laughs> you ruined my joke. I was gonna say like the the doctor puts the goggles down, you know, and he like inspects, you know, and all I can see is his head like over the curtain or whatever, and he's like uh, uh, scalpel. And then he like he looks a little closer and kind of looks back over at the nurse and says, uh, 
smaller scalpel, please? And I know we're running out of time, but very, very briefly, this reminds me of like when you're talking about like the lady nurse that was helping you. I was in the hospital. Very, very, very long story that I'll cut very short. I was in the hospital quite a few years ago, probably four years ago. I had a random occurrence like uh, with my heart. It's very – I'm fine now, but they gave me an angiogram. They do like a little incision over kind of near your, you know, your, your meat and veg. And they snake something up to take a look inside your heart to make sure there's no blockages. Well, they have to keep coming by and monitoring that and making sure it's healing right. Well, the nurses are coming in the middle of the night, like every hour. And I am screwed up out of my mind this whole three days on morphine. Like I was tripping balls the whole time. And these hot nurses will come in and like in the middle of the night and move my gown over. And apparently I was just saying very charming things when they're like taking a peek down there, like, uh, you like what you see. Oh boy. And like the last day when I got up, <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't say anything weird. Did I? And they're like, well, normally all of our patients are like 85 year old men. So we don't get a lot of like, you know, erection talk in here, but, uh, they, they, they thank me for like, uh, at least providing some sort of comic relief, right. which is, you know, all I can do. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we're running out of time, um, but I will make a public service announcement to you, Rick, and any other guy out there. I highly recommend it. Vasectomies are the coolest thing once the wife gets off the birth control. Hey, oh. Well, and it'll get me uh, off of work for a couple of days. Uh, I, I don't think I'll have any problems squaring that time off. So I, I've been like waiting for like some sort of like the if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, I'll be like schedule my vasectomy like the day before. I'll be like, oh, I can't uh, be at work for three days. Sorry, you're just gonna have to cover it with overtime. I'll be sick. <laughs> well, take it. Take this as as a sign that the famous Lonnie Beecham is on your podcast talking about vasectomies. That's your cue to go get one on Monday or Tuesday. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Lonnie. We appreciate it. That was a very no problem. Story. All right, Lonnie. We'll see you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Lonnie. That was uh, that was good. And another sort of uh, organic humans being human that wasn't someone that we knew. Uh, a story that we had known is just somebody that we met, you know, because we do the show, and those are always good. So if you have a humans being human story you think would be funny, we had a really good one uh, emailed to us, and I, I emailed him back and said we need to record sometime, and and we're gonna get that one on. Uh, if you have funny stories, um, or if, you know, well, uh, if they're not funny, uh, I guess if they're like amazing or uh, unbelievable stuff like that could also work too. So email like us. amazing, like I climbed this super tall tower one time. Maybe. <laughs> Inside joke that no one will understand. Oh, man. Sorry. Yes. Okay, so thank you, Lonnie. So, uh, let's just keep it to in, to funny stories. Yes. And uh, we can do it really quickly. Lonnie emailed me literally less than 24 hours ago, and I was like, oh, dude, we got to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're pretty flexible on our time. That was good. It only takes like 10 minutes, so what are you going to do? So if you yeah. got one, email me, email Mark, and we'll get it done. All right, and uh, those emails are simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail and simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Um it's now time for the Simple Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this is one, uh, and I don't, I'm almost positive I haven't mentioned this on this podcast. I'm pretty sure I heard this on one of the podcasts that I listen to. Here's the tip of the week. Sometime this week, before December 28th. So you Steal an idea from someone and pass it along as your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write a letter to, like, oh, what? Write a letter to to yourself, like from your like old self, you know, like from your like the on your deathbed self. Okay, from your future self. Right. Don't say old self. Right. So <laughs> pretend that you're old man. You really this. How is do very you say awkward. that? So yeah. pretend you're your future self and write a letter to your present self. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and just and that'll kind of get you thinking about. 
you know, what's going to be important. And the letter is about like, you know, just, just, you know, basically what, like if I were going to write a letter to my, like my 13 year old self, man, the information <laughs> that it would have in there. But if you're like a, you know, a 90 year old man and you want to write in a letter back to your, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50 year old self, like what kind of think through those things and then putting it to paper will sort of, uh, uh, you know, make them sort of stick in your, in your brain neurons a little bit more. So, well, and it goes with what we were talking about with Luke and yeah. what you talked about. And I think I've talked about it on the show before I get really passionate thinking about, uh, uh trying to remember what's important from what's not because, busy you know suburban life or what have you uh is full of all kinds of distractions and things that we think at the time are important but aren't really important and how to gauge the really important from the not really important is i i think thinking about uh what you would say when you're 90 on your deathbed or what people would say about you at your funeral and that sounds very morbid but i actually think about that a lot and it helps guide my decision making what will people say if i died what would they say about me uh, if they're being 100% true? And I think that helps keep some perspective on what's important, truly important, and what really isn't that important. It's really not that important. No one's going to be at your funeral going, yeah, man, he had the most kick ski do of all a sea do of all time like no one's gonna say that right. uh it's, it's it, it, no one's gonna think that oh well here lies uh dave he was the uh third best systems analyst we had within this uh five-year time range of our company no one's gonna say that either that's gonna talk about the kind of husband or wife that you were uh the kind of father that you were the kind of son or daughter or brother the kind of friend or co-worker the kind of person that you are not the kind of stuff that you had or the the house that you had or the toys that you had or, or the, how many selfies you, know, the, the you clothes took and stuff, yeah. you know? So that's, uh, that's an awesome tip. I think that we should all, you know, take five minutes this week to do it. And you know, whatever your thoughts are on the Christmas season, whatever your faith is, whatever religion you have, I think that's something we, we can all say that we can distill part of Christmas down to at least thinking about others right. and uh, thinking about what's, you know, true happiness. Yeah, there you go. So that's very, the, the very week. good tip that you have stolen from someone. Mark. <laughs> that's what they'll say on your deathbed. Your deathbed. <laughs> I stole all of my ideas was, from someone else. <laughs> his whole life was he just paid, paid like when Kramer like uh, paid for all those guys' stories. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that didn't work out so well. So, oh, all right. Um, hopefully, coming up next time, we'll have John Smith on. Um, I know we're gonna have, we have a little scheduling thing we're trying to work out, but um, find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Uh, one of my most recent videos is a picture of my 39-pound uh, five-year-old daughter uh, sumo squatting a 53-pound kettlebell, which is pretty funny. Okay, by the way, you should put on Facebook a 150. I know. I was I was over I was exaggerating. I was like, there's no way. Uh, that's what I was amazed by. That's like, how did they get 153 pounds in a <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an exaggeration. By the way, your form is better than me. So, uh, uh, her form, great. yeah, kids' form is amazing. So, um, all right, uh, we already said the uh, emails. Leave us a review on iTunes dated in December, and you will be eligible for the Simple Human T-shirt giveaway a thon and, and sign email up. us person, someone, Facebook puppies. Yes, so we can give you your shirt. Which is becoming a great sentence that I love saying <laughs> over and over again. And also the Simple Human Reset uh, holiday package with the Caltons. With the you can get 
a free 28-day supply of nutrients and multivitamin or a bottle of skinny fat if you sign up for the discounted uh, Simple Human Reset at $100 instead of $120. You also get a t-shirt and recipes and 21 emails over 21 days. We have several people going through them right now, and uh, all, all, all I've heard is good, good stuff about sort of where they get your head and how they get you to sort of start... Uh, creating better habits uh, to, for more of a, a human behavior as second nature kind of deal. So. Well, and a pretty terrific, like, outside-the-box type of Christmas present that kind of shows someone, if you get it more like, hey, not only do I love you enough to get you a Christmas present, but, like, this is to make you a better you. And it shows, you know, I, I think that would be a very thoughtful thing. There you go, and as would I. All right, well, I think that is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, Santa, your pants smell. Oh, I'm sorry, kids. I wasn't planning on being here all afternoon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to throw him to die. Okay. <laughs> Santa forgot to put on his adult diaper. <laughs> Uh, oh, your man. Santa pants smell like a diaper full of Indian food. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know I, I, I didn't think the Santa talk would, would make me laugh harder than anything we've ever done. Like, I wish there was a picture. We're both in full on oh. wheeze laugh. So, until next time, enjoy yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.